Thomas Howard, a.k.a. DJ Doc. And I want to welcome you to Straight Talk with DJ Doc. First, I've got to say happy holidays if you're listening. You could say this is sort of a holiday podcast. Yes, it's a few days after Christmas, and uh, we wanted to bring another business to you, you know. But first, I want to make sure that everybody has been safe. You've been showing care and love. You know, the one thing that I always notice around this time of year is when you see people really starting to give of themselves, gifts, love, that's something that needs to happen year round. And the biggest thing that I look at is make sure that you're doing that, not just, you know, now during this time of year, but do it all year long. You know, let's turn 2024 into a year of Christmas giving and love. All right. Okay. Today, I have a young lady that I've known for quite a while. And I know you all always hear me say that, but it's true. I can't help it if I know a lot of people and a lot of people know me. All right. Uh, Our guest today is Tracy Allen, and she is born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She's also a Navy veteran, and y'all know I love my vets, and a breast cancer survivor. All right. Tracy has been doing things here in San Diego for quite a while, and I want y'all to help me welcome her to the show, and we're going to talk with Tracy about all that she does. Hey, Tracy, how are you? Hey, DJ Doc. All right, all right. Yes, yes. So I, I want to talk about, first thing, you here in California from Pittsburgh. How'd that happen? I was, uh, I joined the Navy back in 1984. Oh, yeah, and, the Navy. Uh, <laughs> that's right. And uh, so that took me on some uh, really cool journeys. And then I got out, went into the reserves, and had to do, you know how you do one week of the month and then two weeks away somewhere. Right. And uh, so I, my two weeks away was in Naples, Italy. And uh, that's where I met my now ex-husband, but uh, that's where I met him. And um, he was Navy as well. And so we ultimately got married and um, he, uh, from, he was stationed in Philly after he left Italy and I got to go to Philly. And then we went to Italy, Sigonella, Sicily. And then from there, after being there for three years, then we came here to San Diego. So been here since 1994. Okay. All right. And, you know, I think a lot of people know that my journey was similar. I was in Bay Area in 96 uh-huh. and then got down here to San Diego in 2000. So okay. we, we'd been San Diego quite a while, quite a yes. while. So yes. during all of that time, what what was going on and, and how did you like being out here? I love San Diego. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry, but I love San Diego. I think it's just such a beautiful place. And, um, you know, everyone talks about the expense of California. And, you know, the truth of the matter is I just believe that anywhere you go, that there's going to be something about where you live that you're not going to be feeling. It is what it is. But um, being here, there was something about San Diego that just brought out this entrepreneurial spirit in me. Mm-hmm. And I, I came here, I was pregnant with my son. My daughter was uh, two at the time. And I just wanted to be a part of this community. And so um, at the time I got here and I found an organization called the Birthing Project. Okay. And the Birthing Project was where you could be a big sister to someone that was pregnant and that would like to have somebody that was kind of big, like a big sister to them. 
And I say, well, you know, I'm pregnant. I'll go ahead and be a big sister to someone while I'm pregnant as well. And it just seemed like from there, there were just so many different opportunities that, that opened up. And I've just been a part of a lot of the businesses that, that were here. Um, at the time, there was a black business uh, the Black Business Connection or Eddie Price ran that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was part of, you know, I'd be behind the scenes with what he was doing, D. Sanford, Clara Carter, all of these people that were out here just making things happen in San Diego. And so I was always behind the scenes helping in some way. So just kind of getting involved in volunteering was what kicked it off. But then from there, getting a chance to know more people in the community just made me want to do more here in the city of San Diego. Right. And, you know, that's a, a key thing is when you see other entrepreneurs, you then start to pick up certain things and you're mm-hmm. like, you know what? I want to have my own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Now, mm-hmm. when can you say that you had your very first entrepreneurial business? Well, um, I was actually working for the Navy when I uh, first came here and um, I started taking this um this product to help me lose weight and it was working so well and everybody's like oh my gosh you're losing weight you you look great and so i signed on to be a distributor with a company called metabolife and they're out of business now but (laughs) but metabolife well the original company was Mm -hmm. but um I was a distributor for Metabolife and, and that just really got my juices flowing. Cause I love being able to just get out and learn San Diego and all of this stuff. Um, and so, um, it was kind of a network marketing type of thing. And that was my first experience with it. And then I decided to have a vending machine business. I've done so many different oh, things here. I'll tell you, <laughs> I, I got to tell you the vending machine business I did back in Florida. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's so funny you say that because I haven't really spoken to anyone that can say that they've done a vending machine business. <laughs> but since you have, you know how much work goes into that. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> it, it seems like it's something easy because what people mm-hmm. think of, and, and this is what I thought, too, is, oh, I just go by and I take the money out of the machine mm-hmm. and I made this money. Mm-hmm. It, I, I didn't think about the fact that I had to fill the machine up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was me that was going to have to do that. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And don't let your candy melt in the summertime. Oh my goodness. You know, <laughs> the one, the one that I dealt with and it was, was pretty nice was sodas. Uh, oh, okay. it, was, it was drinks. And so uh-huh. I didn't have the problem with the summertime, but uh-huh. it was just the fact of having to go shop, get all of the cans and then load yeah. them into the machines. It, and back then I think the machines were a whole lot different. So. Well, the machine that I had was both uh, beverage as well as snacks, mm-hmm. and it was it was a very cool uh, new age machine back in the late 90s, and so I carried both beverages as well as chips and candy and all of that stuff, and so uh, it was a lot of work, yeah. and I started off with, I started off with three and then worked up to five. Uh, five different um, machines in, in a few different locations and stuff. Um, it was it was cool, but, you know, you also had to worry about what to do if you wanted to go on vacation because you had to exactly. have somebody go check on those machines and stuff. So it was a lot more work than I expected. Uh, right. One time somebody broke into one of the machines and, 
Yeah, it was just at, at some point I said, nope, nope, this isn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you there. It was like, yeah, I can't keep doing this. So, uh -huh. so what is a couple of the, well, well, tell us about the business you have now. Well, then let's move on up to 2010. Okay. 2010, I was working for a car dealership in El Cajon. And um, they went out, they, the owner said, I'm going to sell this business and that's going to be that. And I said, you know what? I want to have my own. I'm going to do my own thing. I don't know what it's going to do, be, or, but I'm going to do my own. And so um, a friend of mine in Houston, he said, well, whatever it is that you do, he said, make sure that you include video. And I said, include video? What do you mean? What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And and I just didn't really have the clarity, but I thought I needed to learn how to produce videos. And um, one day I go to a, a, an, an event in San Diego and there's all of these uh, vendors out. It was like a first Friday or first Saturday. And I'm looking at all the people out there selling their hats, selling their food, selling clothes. And, and I said, man, I want to help these people. I want to, what can I do? And I said, oh, I got a little digital camera. I, I'll, I'll just ask people, do they want to be on YouTube? Mm -hmm. And so I went and I said to somebody, I said, hey, um, Pudding Man, would you like to be on YouTube? And he said, sure. I said, okay, tell me who you are, what you do. And, uh, you know, how people can contact, uh, contact you. So he said, I'm the pudding man and da, da, da. I said, okay, great. And I went to another vendor and asked them. And so several vendors, I went around and asked if they wanted to be on YouTube. And then I took those videos and I put them up on YouTube. But then I started learning how to create videos and how to edit and all of that stuff. And then right. I created what I called the, what do you do show back then? Okay. And each week I would have a different business here in San Diego that I would um, showcase who they are and what they do. And one of my first was my friend, Betty Jean. She ran a massage business here. Anybody that knows Betty Jean knows that she's awesome. Um, but, you know, what I had for her to do, I had her to massage me so that I could interview her and so that people could see what she, how she does it and her, her place and all of this stuff. Brilliant. And Brilliant. then, yeah, you know, I just, I wanted to be a part of the business so that people could see how this person works. <clears throat> Excuse me. I did a business in Lemon Grove that, um, a motorcycle shop. I've never been on a motorcycle before, mm -hmm. but I go in and I want to do this interview with the owner. And so at the end of it, I get on the motorcycle and I ride off with him, you know. Okay. Um, so different things like that. And, and it was just a lot of work, but it was my uh, introduction into video. It was um, just a, a great way to connect, but it was uh, also teaching me how to do what I wanted to do with video. So that's where I cut my teeth um, on being able to video, uh, edit videos and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So that was the start of my business called nine to five, not business solutions. And it was nine to five, not because I'm just not a nine to five type of person. I don't want to sit in anybody's cubicle. Oh, and... yeah. Amen. I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> yeah. So that's how all of that got started. And then in 2020, I just had enough because every, every time somebody would ask me how to go to nine to five, not.com, I'd say, was the nine spelled out or is it the, the uh, number nine? Is it a number two? Is it a dash? Is it, oh my gosh. So 2020, I changed it to digital marketing supply. Super easy. Okay. <laughs> and you know, what, what's interesting is when you talk about that, um, back in 2010, when people were doing videos and things of that nature, they weren't as smooth and, and beautiful as they are now. 
You know, technology, of course, has come a long way and that has made things a lot easier also. But one of the things you talked about, and I always tell people when they start a business, be ready to pivot. You have to be ready to move or do something different as needed. Right, right. And and that's a good good point that you're you're making, because at some point I had to get real with myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I realized that I am just not a good business person. I'm not someone that um, is, is good at keeping up with the books, keeping up with the ideas, making the phone calls, get new business. I just could not handle all of that on my own. And then that's when I decided, you know, I, I see that I'm more of a freelancer. Mm-hmm. So that made me um, just, you know, get real with myself. Um, I do projects for, for folks. Um, as I come up with ideas that I create for myself, I might tell some other folks what I do and, or they'll see something that I've made and they're like, Oh, could you do that for me? Sure. But as far as me just kind of, you know, promoting the business saying, Hey, you know, come to me for all your video needs or all of this or that. No, not so much. Okay. So again, now it's down to just, uh, there's certain things that I love to do, creating QR codes. I was, man, I came up with a, cre- a, a QR code course in 2019, telling businesses that they need to know what a QR code is. They need to know how to use it in their business. It doesn't even have to just be business. There's all kinds of things you can do with it. And so I came out with a course, not knowing that there was going to be a pandemic the following year. Right. As well as video. I told people in 2019 that you should learn how to use Zoom, um, you know, promote your business using Zoom. And um, so 2020 came along and I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> right. all of this stuff was stuff that I was telling people to do. So, you know, I create things like that. And so different projects. You know, I, I love still being able to help folks, but it's mm-hmm. just not something that I do all the time. Okay. Okay. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk more with Tracy in just a minute, but I want to let everyone know who our sponsor is for this episode. So our sponsor is All-in-One Talent Agency. All-in-One Talent Agency is owned by actor, host, model, and entrepreneur, Lori Jefferson. All-in-One Talent Agency represents various talents of all ages, models, actors, singers, musicians, speakers, athletes, kids, and more. If you're interested in the entertainment industry, let All-in-One Talent Agency help you unleash your talent and embrace your success. Their website is allinonetalent, A-L-L-I-N-O-N-E-T-A-L-E-N-T.com. And Lori will give you what you need to help you once again unleash your talent and embrace your success. So Tracy, one of the things I wanted to ask with, with you saying that, you know, you started to do freelance and so forth, I see it, you know, as an independent contractor where you're helping individuals, how can people reach you if they have something that they want to see if you can do? Um, just give me a call, uh, 619-719-1484. That's 1484. So 619-719-1484. Okay. All right. And is there an email they can use as well? They can email me at videos with an S, V-I-D-E-O-S, by Tracy, B-Y-T-R-A-C-Y, no E's, <laughs> videos by Tracy at gmail.com. Okay. And we'll have uh, Tracy's email in the show details so you'll be able to reach out to her. Now, I know there's one other thing that you do and you're real passionate about it. 
I want you to talk to us about that. Yes. So in 2021, I had back-to-back deaths in my family. And um, I, I was on the phone with my cousin's wife, and she was saying how she had told him that they should have something in place years ago, but he didn't do anything. And she's struggling trying to put um, money together for his cremation. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, my gosh, you know, I know I need to do this. I worked for um, a, a, a place in San Diego helping folks with uh, cremation and funeral years ago. And then I worked for a pre-need cremation company um, some more recent years ago. And I said, I know I need to put a plan in place because none of us know when our time is coming. So I said, okay, let me let me look into this. Now I get off of the phone with her and that quick, I wasn't even thinking about it, but I walked out into the living room and I had a stack of mail sitting on the table. This is March of 2021. And um, at the top of that mail, was something from the company that I now have my plan with. And um, I reached out to them and they, somebody came out to my home, sat down with me, gave me a presentation. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a great plan, you know? And uh, I told the gentleman, you know, because I went ahead and got my plan and I Mm -hmm. told the gentleman that I worked for these other companies. And he was like, wow. He said, you know, we could use some help in San Diego right now. And at first I got ready to say no. I was like, oh, I got my own business and all of this here right. stuff. I hadn't, I hadn't been, you know, freelance mindset complete yet. You know? <laughs> and, and so um, he said, well, you know, I mean, you can still work this part time. And I was like, oh, let me think about it. So the more I thought about it, the more I realized that, you know, this was something that I really want to help other people to do because it's just a powerful thing when, when we pass and there's help for our loved ones once we're gone. And I said, you know what, let me go ahead and do it. So September of 2021 is when I started working for the company that I work for now. And the only reason I'm not mentioning their name is because I did not go to them and ask for authorization to put their name out there. But anybody that wants to know, I'll be more than happy to, um, you know, share that information. Make an email you, like I said. Mm -hmm, Okay. mm -hmm. Yeah. So I started working for them and Um, so I know that like you and I were talking and sometimes people are just not quite clear what it is that I do. Um, so a pre-need plan allows you to, um, I always tell people, it doesn't matter how much life insurance you have. It doesn't matter how much money you have. A pre-need plan is who is called when the person dies to pick up the body. So if you have life insurance, that's wonderful, but who's picking up the body? Right. So we die, let's say 2 a.m. in the morning. Well, now somebody, if you don't have a plan, now families are sitting there trying to Google who's going to come and pick up the body. And many people are not understanding that the coroner does not always do that. If you die of natural causes in your home, the coroner doesn't come out to do that. The paramedics, when they come out and uh, find out that you've passed away, they will tell you to go ahead and contact the funeral home to come pick up the body. And so now you're leaving um, everything on your loved ones to just kind of scramble and figure things out at the worst time to be making decisions. Right. Right. So a, a plan allows the family to not have to have that burden on their shoulders when the time comes and you put it in place while you're still alive <laughs> mm-hmm. so that whenever that time comes, because at some point we're all going to go, when that time comes, it's a phone call made, whether it's traditional burial or cremation. 
So I want you to talk real quick because I know a lot of people I've talked with in the past are a little bit confused about burial versus cremation. Mm-hmm. T- so traditional burial. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so traditional burial is what most people grew up seeing. You know, uh, those of us that are over 40, 50 and all of that, most of us saw nothing but burials. Um, you've got the big casket. You're going to, uh, the body is embalmed and placed inside of that casket. That's, that casket is going to go into the ground six feet under. Um, it's very expensive. And um, so versus cremation. So cremation is the process of burning. You know, mm-hmm. the body is cremated. It's, it's burned down to just the ashes. And, uh, and then those cremains is what either somebody might want to take home um, or um, scatter. You know, there's all kinds of things that you can do with cremation that you can't do with traditional burial. Right. And, and I know that um, with my mom, she had had in place where she had told me she wanted to be cremated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the time, uh, we didn't have a pre, um, nothing pre was done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I had to go ahead and, you know, like you're saying, find out who was going to go ahead and come get her and then go through with how do I go about getting her cremated and everything else. So I understand where you're talking about that this is something to have ahead of time because mm-hmm. it will help out, you know, immensely with the family that's left behind. Because mm-hmm. there's, there's going to be a, a ton of things, unfortunately, that you're going to have to deal with unless it's already in place on what to do. Right. You know, right. And um, I think that it's important for people to understand the pre-need that's there because mm-hmm. you have all sorts of stuff that's going to happen. And, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. not it's not a great time. But, it, you know, the biggest thing that I look at and I know a lot of individuals don't like to talk about finances and death. And mm-hmm. so, you know, everyone you get to talking about it, they're like, oh, no, no, we, I, I don't, we don't talk about that and so forth. Mm-hmm. But it's it's helping those that are still here and it's your family mostly. So exactly. I, I think that's important for people to really understand and realize. So, yeah. Well, and like I said, the worst decisions is, you know, you're you're grieving. And so I I always say that when there's a need, it opens the doors to greed because when you need something is when you typically have to pay more for it. Um, you have people that will prey on you because you they know that you have to do something. So it's better when you're putting a plan in place while you still have a lucid mind, you're still thinking clearly, you know what it is that you want. And then you go ahead and lock into day's prices versus whatever it is. And so, um, you know, I'll say my age, I don't care. I'm 58, I got my plan, I was 56. Um, or was I 55, 50, I was 50 something. Mm -hmm. So anyway, (laughs) but if I, if I get to live another 20, 30 years, my plan was paid for today versus whatever it's going to be later. Right. You know, the price of a cremation back in 1970 was how, give me a guess. What do you think it was in 1970? In 1970, I, I can only think it was maybe $50. You're close. Anywhere between 35 to $100. Okay. Okay. Now, <laughs> because I, I have an article that was from the New York Times, and it said the that cremation is on the rise because it's only about 
35 to hundred dollars versus paying about $900 for a traditional burial. Right. Mm -hmm. And now traditional burial, the nationwide average is about $15,500. Mm -hmm. But here in California, oh, we are way over that. So it's property. People don't think about that. And you're paying for everything that happens. Right. The opening of the grave, the, the lining, the vault, and the, all of that stuff. It, it, all of that is a cost. And so in California, it's usually 20000 plus um, on up to about thirty-five for just your basic traditional burial. Wow. Um, whereas cremation, the, the nationwide average for cremation is about $3,700. Okay. And so there's five services that a, a pre-planned cremation takes care of. And I'll list those for you if you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the first one is the pickup. You know, sometimes people say, well, how much is just a cremation? I can't quote you a price for just a cremation because if you die in your home, it's not like we can cremate you in your home. We got to pick you up. Exactly. <laughs> right? exactly. The body has to be picked up. So where are you when you die? Are you at home? Are you in a hospital? Are you traveling? So depending on where you are in this world, um, the body has to be picked up. And then it has to go to refrigeration, storage. Storage is not free no matter what you store. If you store a car, you store your furniture, wherever mm -hmm. you store something, you're paying for it. And so those are prices that go into all of that. And if you um, have a plan, um, maybe that plan gives you a certain amount of days to have storage. But if you go beyond, a lot of people are unaware that if you uh, need more days, like sometimes there's a reason that the body can't be cremated right away. So now your family will have to pay for additional days. Right. For example, there was a gentleman, his wife died this past January. He said that her body was in storage for 30 days because they messed up on her death certificate. Mm -hmm. So each one of those days, he was paying a hundred dollars a day. See, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. those are little things that people are unaware of that jack up the price when you don't have a, have the proper plan put in place. Right. And what are some um, of the other ones you were mm -hmm. talking about? So the next one is the paperwork. When you have a good plan, they're going to help you help the the loved ones with the paperwork, making sure that the doctor signature is obtained, the death certificates get signed. Um, in, in California, in California, we have a permit to cremate. So, you know, there, that's a small fee that whoever's left behind will have to pay these little small fees. Right. But if the plan is in place and you've got the right plan, the heavy lifting has been taken care of. Um, making the call to Social Security because Social Security has to be notified that you've passed away. Um, and so all of that, you know, and if you're a veteran. Um, the, the VA needs to be notified. And so the plan that I have, um, the company, they, they, we have a person that's assigned to the family so that they can help with all of these details. And they're the ones that will make these phone calls and help with that paperwork so that our loved ones are not left sitting there trying to do all of this by themselves. Right. So that's that, the, the cremation itself, the cremation, um, you know, that's the big thing right there. Right. Um, and then there's the disposition. So the disposition simply means what do you want done with the ashes? 
I call it the, the actual word is cremains. But what do you want done with those cremains once you've been cremated? Do you mm-hmm. want to be sent back to your loved ones so that they can have a, a service or something? Or do you want to be scattered at sea? Right. So whatever it is, the disposition that you want is what you choose in your plan. You know, I'm, I'm so glad that you went through that because there's a lot of stuff people don't know. You know, mm-hmm. I, I found out. I won't say the hard way, but I found out that all those things you just mentioned have to be taken care of. And unless Mm -hmm. you have Mm -hmm. someone that knows exactly what it is, it's sort of hit or miss when you find out. And it's like, oh, I didn't know I needed that. Mm -hmm. What? I need Mm -hmm. that? So, Mm -hmm. you know, I I want people to understand that, you know, unfortunately, everybody is going to go. But make sure that you are making things correct, right and ahead of time for those loved ones, because Mm -hmm. it's a hard time for them. Make it as Mm -hmm. easy as possible. And you know, Mm -hmm. um, the big thing is just because you get your plan in order now, doesn't mean that it's gonna happen the day, the next day. Okay, Don't, don't, don't be fearful of that. I hear a lot of people are always worried about, if I talk about it, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen regardless. Exactly. And unfortunately, it's going to happen regardless. So, And and it's just like insurance, life insurance. Correct. There are people that will put an insurance plan in place, excuse me, because they don't want their family to be, you know, left without any kind of insurance. Right. And so that's wonderful. Yeah, but all the things you talked about, you know, it's Mm -hmm. almost more important in my mind because we have this money, but how long will we keep it? Like you said, if people Mm -hmm. are preying on us. You know, mm-hmm. when you look at, yeah, the best thing for you to do is this. Yeah, they're going to tell you the best mm-hmm. thing for their pockets a lot of times. Exactly. You exactly. So, so when you have your plan in place, then nobody has to, you know, worry about spending the money for that. Because life insurance is meant to pass the money on to people for them to live with, not to take care of our death. Correct. Correct. So when you have your plan, it just makes it a whole lot easier for everyone. My daughter is 31 years old. And bless her heart, she she listened to her mama, so she went ahead and got her plan. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, I'm praying that she doesn't need to use it for many, many, many years to right. come. I hope I never have to be the one to make that call. Right. Um, however, if it does happen, she's squared away. She's yeah. got that taken care of. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, Tracy, I want to thank you for being on with us today. And uh, I know you gave us some beautiful words of wisdom and, and some very intelligent um, things that people should be thinking about. So thank you once again. And to all my listeners out there, I want to say happy holidays. Uh, the next one we have coming up is new year's. So happy new year's to all and make 2024 a year of love, giving and happiness. Be safe. You've been listening to straight talk with DJ doc. Peace everybody. Thank you.